No matter what our situation is, no matter how big or small, it's amazing how profound an impact our thoughts can have. Our thoughts can take a small situation and make it unbearable, and they can also allow us to be content in even the worst of situations. Our thoughts are powerful, and yet we so often lack intentionality in engaging with them. I really appreciate this conversation with Tiffany, because initially it was going to be a conversation about offense, and it still is. If you are finding yourself sitting in suffering because of the offense of another, Tiffany has some words of wisdom for you. But in the midst of our conversation, we found that there was a topic far deeper than just offense, and it is this idea of taking thoughts captive. And the good news is, no matter who you are, that ability is available to you today. You're listening to episode 119 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good and that you have given us the capacity to have these kind of conversations, no matter what day it is, what time it is, what factors are at play, that you can energize us, that you can guide our thoughts. And so we want to give this to you now, this whole conversation and anything that we're bringing to the table, we just hold it loosely and we just release it to you. We pray that you would guide our words and thoughts and that you would take this conversation wherever it is that you want to take it, even if it's not where we planned. And that in all of it, we pray that you are glorified both in this time and wherever this conversation goes from here. Most prayer most holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. So Tiffany, I'm, I'm glad we're able to connect. As we were just talking about earlier, I've got young kids that hypothetically are sleeping. You know, full <laughs> disclosure, this has just been an off day for me, like a really off day. I had two other conversations that were supposed to happen that just people never showed up and lots of things happening. And this wouldn't have been what I would have chosen to do. I would have chosen to sit on the sofa and watch something on Netflix. <laughs> but the moment we started talking, I felt like God brought about some energy. Yeah. Like I'm smiling. Yeah. You can see me smiling. <laughs> And so that encourages me that I really do believe that God wants to do something through this conversation, wherever it goes. But before we jump in, what would you want people to know about you, who you are, before we start this conversation? Well, I am Tiffany Moore from North Carolina. I am author of It Happened Devotional Workbook, a minister and a certified mental health coach. I do faith-based coaching. I always say I'm an advocate. I'm an ambassador for God. Anything I do, I'm doing it for the glory of God, not for me or to be seen. But I am learning just to trust God through the process. I'm with you. When I uh, lost my job a few years ago, I started using that job title, Ambassador of Christ, <laughs> in more and more conversations because I'm like, people want you to give a title. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to give you a title, yeah. but it might not be what you expect, but it's <laughs> actually more of who we're called to be. So mm-hmm. I'm tracking with you. You know, as we talked back and forth, you know, I mentioned that I'm currently in this season focused on this idea of sitting and suffering, those times when things are hard and God's not taking it away. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow, there's an invitation to still know that God is God and God is good in the midst. And so you shared a few thoughts in that, but I'm just going to put the question out broadly just to kick us off. As you've been thinking about this conversation, as you've been thinking about this idea of sitting and suffering, what's God been bringing to your heart? That we are his glory carriers. Because we believe in Christ, it doesn't mean that we're exempt from any tests and trials. But it's our job to present ourselves as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. 
So this is my reasonable service. So I'm going to trust God through the process so that he can get the glory so that I can be that willing vessel. But anything that we're doing is unto God. So through this process, what God is really showing me, he showed me the areas that I didn't trust him, Mm. where I thought I was trusting him. He was showing me, oh, you have anxiety, but I already told you I made provision. And just because you don't see the provision, you stop trusting Mm. and you're heavy. You didn't wake up praising me because provision was already made. You woke up with thoughts of what tomorrow brings when I've already said, don't take thought for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's many things that I'm learning in this process. But the main thing is to be a willing vessel that no matter what test and trial comes, it's for God's glory. And that we're here to be that sacrifice. If Christ sacrificed himself just for me, why not be that willing vessel? Mm -hmm. If we're saying this is who we believe in, what we believe in, stand tall and say, we're going all in, blinded. We know the outcome or what he has spoken to us, the word that he's given us, but we don't know the road we're going to go through. Mm -hmm. I've said a lot, but... Well, and I think you hit on some really important things because one of the things that keeps on coming up is that so often people have found themselves in the midst of suffering, but they thought they were following God. I wrote it down like, yeah, you you said it's like, I thought I was seeking God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but God was like, well, hold up. Mm -hmm. And that can be such a hard space, right? Because in our minds, we believe that if we know God and we seek God, then things should work out. God should make things work out for us. And mm-hmm. why is it you think we get so confused sometimes? Why is it you think that we believe that we're seeking God, but we're really missing the mark? I feel like, honestly, we're missing the mark because we have our own thoughts of how it should play out. Mm-hmm. Most of us forget that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And that it's not always our plan. It's God's plan. So to release that control mm-hmm. and the idea of what we think it should be, that's where we get off mark. I feel like because I can tell you all day, I can plan stuff out all day long, mm-hmm. but that's not to say that's what God is. So actually seeking his face for his will and being okay with if it's not exactly how we thought it was going to be. A lot of times I can say I'm guilty of thinking that, okay, I'm following Christ, but in the midst of some heartache that I had experienced, even though this hurt, God was trying to get something out of me as well. Mm -hmm. He was trying to get me not to focus on the offense, but who he needed me to be. And I was like, well, God, who do you expect me to be? In this hour, you see what's happening. Who do you expect me to be? Mm-hmm. And I asked for about a week. And it was funny. I was emptying something in the trash. And it's funny how God would speak to you. You weren't having that conversation right then, but he just gives you the answer. And you know exactly what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. As I was dumping it in the trash, he said, proper 31. <laughs> and I said, you want me to be a virtuous woman right now? <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, right now, Lord? But God was showing me because he had gave me instruction. But when the instruction contradict what I thought it should be, mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh. And then as I started letting my guard down to God and saying, okay, okay. He started showing me and he started dealing with me. And then he was like, well, this is why you don't trust me. And I was like, ah, oh, I thought I was trusting you. Mm-hmm. I thought I was trusting you. And that was a difficult thing to swallow, but it was a process. Yeah. I don't like the situation, but I'm glad that God was able to show me myself too, Yeah, if that makes sense. No, it, 
It does. And it's something that it really is hard for us to stomach, that the situation may be just totally junk, (laughs) and yet God can restore something in the midst of it. God could do something beautiful. God could choose to not remove the bad situation Mm -hmm. because he's actually after abundantly more. Mm-hmm. You dropped one word in there that is also one that came up that, you know, I feel like somebody could have heard you talking and missed it, but it was the word offense. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. I thought about it again when you were sharing about how one of the ways we can persevere through suffering is to learn how to know what God's will is and to seek God and trust God. And we can think we could do that in our heads. We could actually have a resolve to do that. But <laughs> one of the things that can really knock us off track is offense. Mm-hmm. When someone on the outside <laughs> suddenly sweeps our legs out from under us and we fall back mm-hmm. and then we don't know which way is up anymore. You know, when you think about that idea of offense, you already started to touch into it and mm-hmm. you can choose whether you go into stories or not, because yeah. I know how that is when you got specific stories that yeah. you're still in relationship with those people. <laughs> but Tell me more about this idea of offense and how even with our best of intentions to seek God, that can complicate things in our minds and hearts. I would say with an offense, the first thing is I feel like the devil tries to attack our mind. Things will replay. Mm-hmm. You will sit here and you will replay things. You'll get yourself worked up. You'll wonder if things are still happening. When I tell you God took me through something and he walked me through every step and he gave me word to back it up. He made the word living to every situation that I had. So he was telling me that I had to bring every thought, every thought that tried to exalt itself over the knowledge of God. I had to bring it into subjection. And I'm like, so, okay, God, I hear that. But help me (laughs) because I hear it. But what do you want me to do? So when I had the thought, the Lord would speak to me and tell me. Give me direction. So I had to start speaking God's word. And the Lord told me, whatever emotion you feel, start looking. If you don't know the scripture, look it up. Google it. Go to Pinterest. Find the word. And so I started there and I started quoting the word back. And God told me, I'll keep you. He gave me the scripture. I'll keep you in perfect peace who mine has stayed on me because you trust me. Mm. And I said, oh, I'm not in peace because I didn't keep my mind on you today. Mm. Every time I take my mind off you, I put it on the thing. And so there I'm not trusting you. I'm looking at the thing. Yeah. One funny thing I can tell you is that in the midst of that, when I first started, he told me to read Psalms 23 and I got so upset. (laughs) And I said, everybody knows Psalms 23. My life has been pulled from up under me. And you're telling me to read Psalms 23. Mm -hmm. And somebody at work later in that week, they sent me an email and said, I hope I'm not offensive, but the Lord told me to tell you to read Psalms 23. I was in such a bad place. I sent the email saying, thank you. I was rolling my eyes. I was like, (laughs) and by the end of the week, Somebody texted me and said, the Lord said, read Psalms 23. And I said, I guess I'm reading it. I guess I'm going back. But when I read it, the Lord broke it down in a different way that I never, ever expected. Mm. And he highlighted, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll feel no evil. The first thing is a shadow can't exist if there's no light. And he was showing me that even though it seems dark, you have to listen for me. And with the shadow, when you pay attention to it long enough, and if you play with it long enough, it'll overtake you. He says, but if you stop looking and focusing on the shadow and focus on me, the shadow can't do anything. It's just a shadow. It's not there to destroy you. It's just a shadow. He's like, even though you're in that thing that seems like it's going to kill you or take you out, he's like, you have to listen for me. 
And I love what my apostle said, because we always say that the sheep knows his voice. Mm -hmm. He broke it down. He says, what is a baby sheep? It's a lamb. So lambs are still learning the voice, but the sheep know the voice. So you need to position yourself to grow in Christ so that you'll know God's voice. And that's, uh, it's just so important, this idea of what voice we're listening to, Mm -hmm. because there is God's voice. And of all the voices, he's the one who actually made us. So he might actually know a little bit more about us than (laughs) we do. There's the voices of those around us. There's a voice of the enemy. Mm -hmm. And then there's our own mind. Mm -hmm. Like you said, just ruminating Mm -hmm. on this stuff. And when there is an offense, it's like at any given moment, like you said, our mind is trained on something, whether we intend it to be or not. Our mind is never just non-existent. It's always trained on something. And if we're not cognizant of what it's on, then it's very natural for it to latch onto these other things, these negative voices, these negative identity statements. You know, while you were talking, it made me think of the classic verse on that. Second Corinthians 10, five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Mm -hmm. And most of my life, when I've heard that passage, It's almost always been used in the sense of evangelism against somebody talking against God. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're demolishing their arguments and their pretension. But like this verse can happen when we're alone (laughs) in our room and there are arguments in our minds Mm -hmm. about how we're not worthy of God's love. There's pretension that's setting itself up against the knowledge of God that says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And we're being invited to take captive these thoughts and Mm -hmm. make them obedient. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is what's wild is it's not even pretend like those thoughts don't exist. It's to make them obedient. It's to take, okay, this is what somebody's saying to you. I'm going to take that. And I'm going to put it in line with what I know that God has said, even if it's hard for me to believe it. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of taking thoughts captive, this idea of knowing what we are setting our minds on and knowing what we are choosing to believe can really play a huge role in how much we suffer in the midst of hardship. But it's really hard. So someone could be hearing that and saying, Tiffany, that what you're saying sounds great, but I do not have any clue how to get the thoughts in my mind in any kind of control. So what would you say to someone who has no idea how to stop those ruminating thoughts? Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you what I had to do because I'm a person that has been in, I'll say, church almost all my life. But when this happened to me, when life really happened, it threw me so hard. And what I thought I knew wasn't holding me up. So God had to walk me through it himself so I would know him for myself. And one thing that he gave me was write it out. Mm. I was in a desperate place. I actually got picture frames and a dry erase marker and hung picture frames in my bathroom and wrote scriptures out on them. I wrote scriptures on my mirror. I took sticky notes and put them in my car. I had to see the word. I was crazy enough to on a good day videotape myself Mm. saying the scriptures so that when I was on my last leg and nobody knows that I was somewhere down and out crying, I can replay that stuff. I needed the word. We got to hear it. We got to get that into our ear gates. We got to be able to read it, see it, breathe it because God's word is more real than the things that we see. Mm -hmm. And God esteems his word higher than his name and his word can't come back void. It accomplished everything that is set out to do. So the only thing that I knew how to do is to give God back his word. And even in the darkest time, if I couldn't think it, I could see it because I wrote it out 
or if I had it in my phone where I can play it back, that was the tools that God gave me. If you can't find or you don't know, like I said, you can say, what are scriptures pertaining to, you know, anxiety? Mm -hmm. And then what I started doing was writing out prayers. But when I wrote out the prayers, I was writing the scriptures into the prayers because I said, God, I'm giving you back your word, not my word, because you honor your word. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I did it. And I hope that is useful to somebody else. Yeah. My wife does the same thing. She has post-its that she'll put up. During the pandemic, she got into, you know, handwriting, like really fancy, Uh artistic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and she started making these things that she would put up because, yeah, there is power, not just in remembering something, but in seeing it. Yeah. Because sometimes you forget it until you see it. Mm -hmm. And when you see it, it hits you in another way. Sometimes God trains your mind to it at just the right moment. Mm -hmm. And then there's something about repetition, right? Mm -hmm. And that was a moment for me. I've only recently started to be able to more publicly talk about a significant offense that I had hit in a work environment. But there is one particular moment I keep thinking about during this conversation, where this was someone who is in a supervising role over me. One particular week really crossed a line, like significantly crossed a line. And it was right before I was supposed to take a much, much, much needed vacation. It had been a rough year. I needed that break. He knew I needed it. And my break started, I was technically on break and it started with just a horrible phone conversation Mm -hmm. that totally threw me off, swept my legs out from under me. I'm on my back. I can't breathe, can't catch my breath. Right. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. God knows what we need to be hearing, what we need to be telling ourselves. And if we're actually trying to listen for him and if we're actually asking him, he's happy to tell us. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't catch it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was apparently very stubborn. I was listening to some music, maybe it was a few weeks before, and this one song came up. It's by a group called Urban Doxology, an amazing group. One of their songs is actually what leads into and closes out the podcast. I I love them. And they have one classic song of theirs. It's called Fights For Me. Mm -hmm. It's got a very upbeat rhythm. For my God. Something was random about when it came on Mm -hmm. and it caught my attention Mm -hmm. and I felt like it was God trying to tell me something, but then I didn't think much about it. Mm -hmm. Well, it kept happening. The song just kept on coming on Uh at strategic moments. And so I finally started listening and said, okay, God, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're trying to tell me that you want to fight for me because what was starting to click is I was actually fighting for myself. I was seeking God. I was asking, but like, I was feeling like I needed to say this to my boss. I needed to do these things. This is what I needed to do in order for the situation to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And God was saying, stop trying to fix everything. Stop trying to fight all the battles. Mm-hmm. Let me fight for you. Mm-hmm. So this intense offense happened, phone call, right as my break started. And I go into the break and I cannot relax. My mind is going, it's ruminating over Mm -hmm. and over the things that he has said, the accusations that were made over and over and over. But then fights for me came into my mind. Mm -hmm. 
And I realized I did not have the power in and of myself to stop thinking about the ruminating thoughts. Mm -hmm. I had very little power to do anything. Mm -hmm. But the power I did have was to just say in my mind, God, fight for me, fight for me, fight for me. And I would just repeat that until the thoughts diminished. Mm -hmm. Now, someone could be hearing all this and saying, yeah, but I tried that before and it didn't work. Because here's the thing, in our minds, we want it to be like Harry Potter, where we say a magic spell and the thing goes away. Mm -hmm. That's not what this is, right. because that's what I wanted. Okay, I call God to fight for me, and then the rest of the week I relax. No, actually, the thoughts got more intense. Mm -hmm. But what I did is I got more intense about saying, God, fight for me, fight for me, fight for me. And I was able to get through that week, whereas I don't think I could have otherwise, because I was choosing to take captive those thoughts in the simplest, smallest, weakest way that I had my capacity to do was just to say the words that God had given me to say and then trust him in that. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine it's probably the same, like just putting up a post-it on the wall didn't like solve all the things, mm -mm. but it created this rhythm of naming who you were, who God was and what he had promised. Mm -hmm. It was inviting him into the problem versus me trying to figure it out. I'm going to give what God has given me to use. I'm going to use my voice. I'm going to use what I see. I'm going to fight what is going on in my mind with the word of God. You said it so well on how he given you the word fight for me. And it could be so simple, but when you said it, it just stirred something up in me. Mm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, God fight for me because so often we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. We're trying to figure it out. And when we just really realize like God has made provision, God can see us through this thing. And you have to trust him. Like you said, he's no genie in a bottle. You just don't rub it and make three wishes. Mm -hmm. No, you have to trust his process. I learned trust was, oh, you can't go around snooping. And if God says I'm working it out, you're not trusting him because you're going behind him. Mm -hmm. So I just love how you put that. And here's the other thing that's interesting. And it's actually about what you're not saying, mm -hmm. right? Because you're talking about what we can do to take thoughts captive. But our normal human response is in order for me to come out of this situation, I got to take care of the offender. Like, I got to fix what the offender's saying. And you haven't said that, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something I ran into too, because that was my approach for a while. Mm -hmm. I've got to get this guy to see me accurately. Mm -hmm. I've got to get him to understand that the accusation isn't accurate. I've got to show that here's some objective proof. And mm -hmm. it took years of futile efforts to change someone else for me to finally realize that I was saying, stop trying to change people. Mm -hmm. And so is, did you find that as well, that the battle wasn't against the offender? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I, oh my, cause I will say at some point, I felt like I'm being a wimp. Mm. You need to go do something. You need to stop this. And I didn't have peace until I truly gave it. You know, we say we give things to God, but when we realize we still like there's certain aspects of it that we're still trying to maintain or manage. And I can just say I failed a couple of times. I failed at one point. I had gotten a very offensive call. And I was like, today's the day. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to deal with this no more. And I jumped in my car. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me the whole time, telling me to turn around, turn around. And I was about two minutes from my destination. And a person called me and I rolled my eyes because I knew it was God. I knew mm -hmm. when they came on the phone, they didn't say hello. They say, where are you at and where are you going? <laughs> what are you doing? Where are you at and what are you doing? Uh... And I stopped. At that point, a peace had came over me, but I told her what I was doing. And she says, turn around. 
She says, the Holy Spirit is jacking me up and I'm trying to cook my kids dinner because you're doing something you don't supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. She said, get home. But I said, God, I thank you because even when I wasn't listening, you sent somebody out after me because I don't know what that could have ended in because I was so hurt behind it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, God, please forgive me. But in that moment, I just wanted to silence the offender. Yeah, I was just like, God. I just thank you. I just thank you. And and also you said something earlier, you were talking about the different voices. And that was one thing that I had to learn is you can't have everybody in your ear gate mm. because if everybody's not speaking the same language and I'm saying the language of God, yeah. if they're not speaking that language, you have to tune it out. You have to get that stuff out of your ear, mm. especially in those devastating times. You cannot afford to hear those things because life and death lies in the power of our tongue. And so I believe that we're forming our worlds. You know, God gives us all these blessings, but sometimes our words hold them up because we're too busy claiming defeat versus (laughs) victory. Mm -hmm. So you had some people that was bystanders, some people that wanted to run and tell it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and some people just was there until you disagreed, but you had to get the ones out. And that was God clearing your path for Whatever he's pushing you into, yeah. he, he may be saying these people can't go yeah. where I'm sending you. It doesn't mean that you don't love them. It doesn't mean that you don't care about them. It's just that they can't go where I'm sending you. Yeah, there's so much important stuff in that. Definitely knowing the voices that you're letting, because yeah, there are people that are well-meaning that care about you and that want your best attentions. But the problem sometimes is that there isn't an awareness that you are after different goals. Because mm-hmm. at the point that you decided that you wanted to seek God first personal justice took a further and further back seat. Mm -hmm. Even as sometimes you didn't want it to, Mm -hmm. by the very act of choosing to seek God first, it was also saying, and I'm choosing not to seek first my personal justice. Mm -hmm. But those around you that love you and care about you, they're still wanting that personal justice for you. Mm -hmm. They're still seeing that offender and they're like, no, 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 you deserve (laughs) to be treated this way, not that way. Mm -hmm. Here's how we're going to deal with that. And I ran into that same thing. So many voices Mm -hmm. that were telling me with great logic what I should do There's so many times where it just felt like, but I hear what you're saying, but I don't think that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I love too your story about how you were like, all right, this is it. Mm -hmm. Now's the time. (laughs) Because it reminded me of moments in my life where God interceded. Mm -hmm. One was when I was in college, there was somebody that uh, just offended me in an incredibly harsh, just rough way, Mm -hmm. rough way. And I'm a patient guy. I'm an understanding guy. So if you get me to the point where I have to call you out, Mm -hmm. You have really crossed some lines because I have been prone in the past to take on more stuff than I should have. Mm -hmm. And I've learned how to recognize those boundaries and those limits. Mm -hmm. But even in that, this person had crossed the line. Mm -hmm. One day I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a very strong letter to this person and they're just going to know. They're going to know. And I wrote that letter. It was probably a very logical letter, justified letter, folded, put in there. I walk, I get to the parking lot. And I felt like God said, go back, get that letter. Mm. And I'm like, come on, God. <laughs> I had to say what I had to say. And you know, I'm right. And he's uh-huh. like, yep, go get go that get letter. Because <laughs> this is not about that person. Right. And wouldn't you know it, a couple of days later, and I don't remember how this happened, but something shifted. And me and this person were giving each other a hug. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know what the reaction would have been if they had gotten my letter, no mm-hmm. matter how justified, because would they have been able to hear my words? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But God did something different. And 
the same thing happened with this boss where after the first really, really, really hard meeting we had, I was angry. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated. It was wrong. What was being said about me? What was being done? Uh And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay professional, Mm -hmm. but on a friendship level, like, no, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be cold and just professional. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep the night before I'd be seeing him again. I felt like I was saying, hey, why don't you, you missed a couple of sermons because we had just had a baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. I was at the end of my paternity leave. So you missed a couple of Sundays. Why don't you go listen to a sermon? So I'm uh-huh. scrolling and I decided to scroll through randomly, stopped at a random one, clicked on it. It was about hard relationships. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> and the emphasis, this pastor, his name is Corey Winber. He does uh-huh. such an amazing job of bringing conviction in such a soft and caring way. Mm-hmm. And he basically was saying, like, we're being called to love others, even to love our enemies. So if love's not happening, the problem might be you. The main problem, I'm going to say something right now that some of y'all might disagree with and it's going to make you mad. But I'm just saying what the Bible says. Your main problem, when you are in conflict in a relationship, your main problem is you. And I'm like, ah, because in my mind, the problem was the other person. And I was justified. But the invitation God had given me was to love. Mm -hmm. And my choice not to love was on me, not on anyone else, Mm -hmm. not on God. So I love what you're sharing because it's so important. Again, we're talking taking thoughts captive. And so that even means what thoughts are telling us to do. (laughs) Right, right. I love that you were saying how if you would have left the letter, God was creating something so that that person can see love through you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, yeah, God, you said we're the salt of the earth. We're the salt of the earth. So the way I like to see it is if God is the living water Mm -hmm. and we're the salt of the earth. And if when people eat salt, if they get enough salt, they get thirsty. So if the people around you are not thirsting after Christ, how good is your salt? Mm. I'm like, okay, so maybe, you know, in these situations, am I sprinkling or am I? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so good that you say that because I asked God and I was like, why did you let this happen? Mm. And he said, you asked me to show him me the way you see me and you see me as love. And he's going to see me through you. Hmm. And I said, God, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But in all of that, for your glory, hmm. like it has humbled me to a point where I have such a gratitude through this process that I say for your glory, because there's so many times that I was starting to respond or react. I remember one time I was gathering things and it's very rare this one particular person calls. And this lady called and she called my name and she says, when she came, and this is another time someone called and don't say hello. It's like, Tiffy, God says, don't move until he tells you to. If he didn't tell you, don't you move. Mm -hmm. I just broke down because I felt like I was at my wits end. But I had got to a place that I said, God, if it goes this way, I know you got me. But if it goes this way, I know you got me. Mm And I had found peace in that because at that moment, I had to acknowledge, I trust you, God. Either way it goes, I know I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the role is going to look like, but I know I'm going to be okay. God is just, I'll say he's this mastermind that he has all these different things. Because one thing that I was saying through it, I always go to Isaiah 61 and 3. And a part of that scripture, it says, 
he will give you beauty for ashes. Mm. And I used to say, well, God, this thing has burnt down. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting a masterpiece. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm expecting a masterpiece, but also in there for the spirit of heaviness, put on the garment of praise. And I learned that on some of the difficult times to find a worship song or find a song that not just gets you in awe in God, also one that gets you hyped up in God too. So you have something that you just worship and then it's another one just gets you sighted and going yeah. because it changes the atmosphere. You can't stay sad when you get into God's presence that way. What you're talking about is so good because it's really fleshing out this idea of taking thoughts captive because mm -hmm. again, we've gone from it being just the broad sweep of somebody says something wrong about God and you, no, no. Like we're saying it's what lies have been spoken to you, what other people are saying to you. It's mm -hmm. what we're saying in our own heads. It's taking all those thoughts given to God. But now you're pushing it further to our thoughts. Our logic says there isn't beauty in ashes. Mm -hmm. That sackcloth can't be a garment of praise. Mm -hmm. And what God is saying is, I can use anything to make it whatever I want it to be to bring glory to me. I can bring joy. I can bring peace. I can bring contentment in any situation. Mm -hmm. So stop holding on to your logic. Take that captive and make it obedient to me. Because one thing you said earlier, which I think is important for us to press on here is you said that there's this recurring fear of feeling like you were going to look like you were a wimp, mm -hmm. that you were weak. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that some of it might have been in your own mind, but some mm -hmm. of it might have been what you assumed other people would think of you. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't stand up for ourselves, if we don't fight for ourselves, if we let people hurt us over and over and over, mm -hmm. well, we're just being a pushover. We're letting people walk all over us like a doormat. Mm -hmm. And it's like I mentioned earlier, like there are elements to personality in which in an unhealthy way, mm -hmm. we can not have healthy boundaries. Right. But that's not what you and I are talking about right. here, because what we're talking about is invitations that God is giving us to not fight against the offender, mm -hmm. to not respond in the way that we want to, to not think in the way that we want to. In other words, we're trying to live into what you started off talking about, being ambassadors of Christ. That a situation happened to Tiffany. Tiffany could have responded as Tiffany wanted to respond, but Tiffany decided that she was going to put on her name badge as ambassador of Christ. And now it's Christ in that situation. Mm -hmm. How would Christ respond to that situation? And I wanted to bring that back up because I really believe there are probably people out there that are dealing with offense, that are dealing with feeling like people are expecting them to respond in a way that if they don't, they're going to look like a pushover or weak. But there is nothing stronger mm -hmm. than choosing not to respond as you want to, choosing not to defend yourself because you are choosing Christ. Mm -hmm. And what better example of that than Christ himself, who was being offended left and right, physically assaulted. And chose not to defend himself because of his love for his father and his love for us, mm -hmm. right? So there is tremendous strength. You are not a pushover if you are taking assault for the sake of Christ. But the key is, is knowing, am I responding this way out of fear because I don't want to get hurt or I don't want this person to be mad at me or I don't, mm -hmm. or are we responding out of faith that I don't like the situation, but I trust God? Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I like that you said this because we were talking about this earlier this week in Bible study. We were discussing about how I feel like God is trying to get our thoughts back to how he originally made us. It's not normal for us to doubt. He didn't create us to doubt him. Mm -hmm. We tend to draw to doubt if we're not automatically thinking of his word. And so to respond out of faith or fear which way, which direction am I going to go? And 
a lot of times people do respond out of fear. And a lot of times when offended, God may not be the first result. Mm -hmm. You know, you may just react out of your flesh and respond. And I would say, even in that, people need to remember that we're not perfect. We're progressing in Christ. But if we do mess up in our response, repent and don't let those thoughts hold you captive. Move forward and keep pushing forward in that. Because even in this, I have said some things and responded in ways I would never thought I would respond. But the Holy Spirit got me and I repented. As soon as I did it, my conscience I was, and the Holy Spirit just dealt with me. And it wasn't that I went and did something just crazy, but it was not how I would typically respond. And we will respond out of hurt and not give it to God. And I will tell you one thing. If this situation hasn't taught me anything, it did teach me to go to God first. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we want the offender to correct the problem. Mm -hmm. If they're broken themselves, how can they fix something for you? Mm -hmm. We want them to acknowledge. We want them to fix it. When it's God, we have to give it to. Mm -hmm. God would deal with that. God will bring it full circle if it's meant to be full circle. God may just remove them out of the situation. But I have learned to take the littlest things to God. And I can be talking to God right then. And the person can walk in and give me exactly what I was talking to God. And I'll be like, oh, my God, look at my God being big. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's being big. We serve a big, big God. But I'm just like so grateful that I can go to God with the littlest things. Mm -hmm. And he's just showing me in this process, if you're offended, my saying is never let an offense stop your purpose. Give it to God and watch what he'll do with that thing when you start really fully trusting him. Mm -hmm. You know, when you were talking about the problem, you know, it made me realize that someone could hear all this and say, this is all great advice. I've tried this and it didn't fix the problem. And I think one of the problems is, is we don't know what the problem is. Like we think we know mm -hmm. the problem is how this person's dealing with me. And then the solution is to fix that problem. But you made one comment that one of the problems that God was trying to adjust is that you weren't seeking him mm -hmm. first. <laughs> you know, And so God's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not even worried about what this person's saying to you because I'm trying to work on this deeper thing. Mm -hmm. Or we could think that the person is the problem. But what if the problem is, is that God, like you said earlier, wants them to see his love mm -hmm. and he's inviting you into this situation. He's not fixing our perceived problem because the deeper problem is this person doesn't know they are loved by God. Mm -hmm. We've got to learn to release what we even think the problem is because God may be actually working on something abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. But if we get too trained on the problem itself, then we're going to get stuck and we're going to miss everything that he is doing, everything he's inviting us to. Mm -hmm. But the flip side is if we trust God in whatever problem he's working out, then a lot of it could end up not getting fixed or take longer than we want. And we could end up being like the Apostle Paul, learning more and more of the secret to being content in any and every situation. Mm -hmm. Because in the situation I had, that never got fixed or solved. I never got an apology. Mm -hmm. But there was a key point when God pressed me on what I actually believed the problem and solutions were. And when I released that and said, okay, I believe that you can work even if this doesn't get fixed, something shifted. And that person lost power over me. Mm -hmm. Their understanding of their power never changed. But the power that I gave them over me changed dramatically because I was so focused on the problem that I was just giving them everything, mm -hmm. right? But God, God is inviting us to trust his power and capacity that the worst of things can happen and he could still be the most powerful and loving of gods. But it's just a question of will we trust him? And so, you know, as we wrap up, a few questions that I have. The first one is, let's say someone is listening. 
and there's tremendous offense in their life right now. I mean, this person is just coming at them and the people around them are telling them all kinds of different ways that they need to respond in this situation. And they're just feeling crushed and they're trying to seek God. What would you say to that person listening right now? I would tell them that even though you're seeking God, ask God the question of who do God want you to be in this hour, during this time, Mm -hmm. what is he trying to teach you? What is he trying to get out of you so he can pour more of him into you? And to open your eyes of understanding so you'll know where he's coming from, for him to provide the daily bread, but also to put people in place. I would say just pray for the people to be in place. And if anyone around you is not talking God, Mm -hmm. get them out of your ear because you can't afford to hear it. If it's just one scripture that you know that you're holding on to, post that one scripture everywhere and get it in your spirit. Because the one thing I said earlier is God's word will not come back void. It will accomplish everything that it's set out to do. Speak that word over your life. And that's the one thing you have to control those thoughts by speaking God's word. And it can get dark and it can get heavy, but you got to know without a shadow of a doubt. And you got to be willing, God, I'm going to be the sacrifice because I'm your glory carrier. They will see your glory in me, not for me, but for you, because this will draw people unto you because you're going to get me through this. That's good. You know, someone might be hearing you talk and they're like, I just need to hear more, Tiffany. So if somebody wanted to connect with you or connect with the things you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? I have a web page. It's called Disciple More. That's the name God gave me. And I said, okay, God, at first I called him on it. I was like, they're going to think I'm crazy. And then I said, you know what? The devil's not going to tell me to call myself a follower of Christ. So mm-hmm. Disciple More, but the website is www dot disciple hyphen tiffany com. you can reach me there also there's an email disciple dot tiffany more at yahoo and those are the two ways that you can reach me that's great and then as we close out is there anything else on your heart that you want to share the only thing is i always say never let any offense stop your purpose just seek god get into a place where there's godly language and get connected with people that speak in godly language. Seek God for who he needs you to be in this atmosphere. You will walk, you will run, dance through the streets, shouting praise to the one. You're healed, you're clean. Go out, tell the people what you've seen. Revived in him, new life in him. Second Corinthians 10 says this, starting in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Tiffany and I have both experienced this reality, of finding ourselves in a situation that was worse because of our thoughts, but got better when we took those thoughts captive and made them obedient to Christ. And we all know this to be true. Our minds can ruminate on things deeply and for longer than we'd like to admit. And when we give space to a thought in our mind, it can control how we perceive the world and how we respond. So again, the invitation here isn't to not think. The invitation here isn't to pretend like the issues don't exist or the offense didn't occur. The invitation is to take those thoughts captive for Christ. To say, Jesus, this is what I'm thinking about the situation. And now I'm giving that to you. 
Help me to see this as you do. Help me to respond as you would. Because Jesus went through far worse than we ever will and was able to respond with a level of love and authenticity that he then invites us to. In other words, no matter how deep the offense, hard the situation, or powerful the thoughts, Christ is giving us the invitation and the power to take the thoughts captive. When we do that, the lies that are ruminating, the misperceptions that we're latching onto, will cease to have the same power over us as they do right now. I'm no stranger to ruminating thoughts. There have been many nights where I have been unable to sleep, and more moments than I can count of when the weight of my thoughts was too much. Those weren't moments when Christ was absent, but were actually moments when I was looking more at the thoughts than I was to Him. In the moments when I did choose to look at Him, it didn't mean that everything got better, but in the midst I noticed that those thoughts had less and less power over me. Now they still presented themselves as powerful, but just because something puffs itself up doesn't mean it can actually control you. This is a tremendous gift and honestly a superpower. <laughs> to be able to go into any situation, to face any thoughts, and to know that Christ is more powerful and that can change who you are in the situation today. You too can learn the secret to being content in every situation. You too can experience God giving you peace even when the situation doesn't change. It just takes deciding what you're gonna focus on, the thoughts or God, because God is present in your hardship, which means that in any given moment, you can ask yourself, where did you see God? Have you ever wanted to read Revelation but haven't known where to start? Or have you been afraid to read Revelation because of all the ways you've seen it misused? Or maybe you haven't even wanted to touch Revelation but feel like maybe you should since it's part of the Bible? Well, if you're in any of these positions or any other ones, I've got a resource for you. It's called A Journey Through Revelation for the Person Who Doesn't Want to Read Revelation. And here's the thing. The hope for this resource is that it makes the exploration of who God is and what revelation can mean for you accessible, whatever you believe. And this will not be your normal revelation study. It's not going to dive into the historic representations of the imagery or expertly decipher the prophecies. The goal of this is not to tell you what revelation means. It's to explore what it can mean for you. Now, this thing is available for you right now in a few forms. One, you could go to www.wheredidyouseegod.com revelation, and you can find a PDF for free, which you can read on your phone, on your device, or print out. But if you like something that's a little nicer looking, it is also available through Amazon on Kindle and in paperback form. And I prefer paperback, whether you print it or you get the one on Amazon, because this gives you a place to write some things out because you're going to want a place to write things out. Because I really do believe that God wants to speak to you through Revelation, whatever you feel about Revelation, whatever your experience and whatever you think about God. So if you're interested, get it for free, get it for a very, very, very low price. This is not about making money, but about us together exploring how we can see God in the midst of such a difficult and controversial book. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. 
I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?